Hello and welcome to the Me and My Golf podcast. Now, normally when we do these podcasts, it's either me and Andy rabbiting on for maybe an hour about something that sometimes helps, sometimes doesn't, so your golf. And sometimes we'll have coaches on, sometimes we'll have players on. But in today's podcast, we thought we'd do something very, very different, a unique perspective of actually one of our top members of Me and My Golf, amateur golfer, former wrestler we just found out. Former wrestler. And we just want to pick his brains a little bit about how he's improved his golf, the struggles he's had, and we're also going to help him out with his goals moving forward. So today's special guest is Mike Fitzgerald. Mike, how are you? Doing very well, guys. Glad to be on. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So obviously you're getting set for Christmas and you've had a, you know, you've had a pretty good golfing year from what we've seen from our Facebook Take Charge community. But I think it would be really cool to just understand a little bit of a brief background about how you got into golf and maybe some of the struggles that you've had and then we'll start talking about some solutions and how you've improved your golf so where did it all start for you golf i started playing golf when i was in high school just during the summer a friend of mine he was playing and we go out and we just tack around on the, the local courses just swing as hard as we could old persimmon clubs um kept it up a little bit through college when i got out and started working um played in a company league again still just swing hard and hope the ball goes where you want. Uh, like a lot of us, is family and kids came along, played less and less, just maybe a couple times a year or something. And then probably about uh, 11, 12 years ago, I got into a league with a bunch of friends and started playing and then played weekly, but it was still very ugly. It was very much a wrestler swing in a golf club um, where more power is the, the approach to it. And it just, it was not good. I tried different clubs. I tried different swing techniques, the the whole nine yards. And it got to the point where I was shooting like 65 for nine holes. I said, okay, this isn't fun. So a friend of mine recommended one of the local pros. And um, I started taking lessons a little over six years ago. And so I've gone from... That having a set of clubs with all hybrids to and shooting 125, 130 for rounds to now shooting mid 80s, mid to upper 80s um, with a, uh, a minus two round in my nine hole league this year. So it's a big change both in the game, how enjoyable it is. Um, I don't swing like a wrestler anymore, I try to swing more like a golfer. Uh, and learning that uh, less is more, and it, it's becoming more enjoyable. I look forward to playing challenging courses, um, and hopefully, if things go well, want it when life gets back to normal, start trying some of the local uh, amateur tours in the area as well. See how I do against other players. Brilliant, brilliant. So, so to you then, Mike. Just listening to you here, and by the way, the, for the listeners to this, Mike's rocking a me and my golf T-shirt here, Harry Higgs style. He's got all the buttons undone, so looking very good. What, what does golf mean to you then, Mike? How, how big a part of your life is golf? Um, it's huge right now on, on a couple of levels. Uh, one is a chance to get out with my friends, particularly when we have league. Um, it's the range time is a chance to, to relieve stress. Uh, I'm a sole proprietor in technology, which is, comes with a lot of stress. Um, but the other part is vacation now I go and play really nice courses. I've played everything from 
uh, as we were talking places like Castle Stewart, New Course, Carnoustie, Stewart, we went to Scotland on vacation that played um, Koalina in Hawaii where they have the Lotte Championship for the LPGA. I played um, Orange County National, which is a Q school course. I, I, that's, we, we tied around um, where we go look for, for courses there. This year, it was supposed to be Toy Pines and Harding Park, which would have been a nice double header, um, but that'll have to wait a couple of years. So I get a chance to play that, you know, play tour courses um, and just see how well I do. But there are also a lot of these courses are really beautiful, a lot of nice scenery. Um, and you get a chance to be outside and just do something a lot of my friends and other people I know just don't do or don't get to do. And that, that's it kind of just, it gives me something outside of work and home and, and everything else that I can do and focus on and forces me to keep trying to get better, which I think is key in, in life, no matter what you do. And, and, and Mike, you mentioned, um, I'd love, I mean, love to get into your golf. And and uh, I think that, as Pierce mentioned at the start, we, we've had a lot of, you know, top class golfers, people like Henrik Stenson, Lee Westwood, Danny Willett, major winners on here. So you're in great company. <laughs> Um, but sometimes I think that some amateurs can't necessarily relate to the, the, these top athletes. And I think it's perfect that we've got you on an amateur who loves the game, who plays it for social reasons and all the rest of it. And then to share some of the struggles that maybe can help them. So you mentioned the wrestling and you've mentioned less is more. What are the real struggles that you found in golf that you had to deal with? And, and what are the things that you've done, which you've found have enabled you to get to shooting in the in the eighties. Uh, a couple things. Um, for starters, I'm built like a fire hydrant. Um, I'm five three, so very short, um, real thick. So I'm not real flexible. Never have been. So I've had to work on on flexibility in different ways. And the other challenge is um, learning how to maximize the issues I have where we didn't have double vision, I have lazy eyes. So perspective and lining up is something I had to learn. And it's different. You don't really have to do that in some of the other sports. So I really had to focus on that and make sure that as I'm doing that, I keep that in mind and working on mechanics and, and breaking it down just in the small increments. Because if you try to do it all at one time, um, it just, you, you make it worse. So that's something that's always changing because your perspective on the course changes every shot. You can, in a range, you can say, okay, I'm always hitting to that orange post and you can get it and you start grooving it. But as soon as you, that orange post post is gone, as soon as you step on the course, so you have to teach yourself how to find your alignment points, get your stance, make sure you don't always swing. So it, it's always a challenge, but it gives you goals to strive for. And some days it works really great. And some days, well, no, some days it, it, it uh, doesn't go quite the way you want it to. Yeah. And what are some of the things from a, from a, a ball flight, from a, I suppose, from a, from a problem side of things on the golf course? Did you have, like, did you have a, a specific shot that you really had to iron out and get rid of? Did you struggle with striking? And then what were the simple things? That, I know you mentioned overswing a minute ago, but what are the things that you that you struggled with in the performance of the shots and, and how did you, or what are the things that you, you worked on or still work on? Um, when, I, when I started taking lessons, I was a major slicer. 
every once in a while I would, you know, hit it down down the middle, get that 250 drive. But for the most part, it was slicing. It was actually the club hitting behind the ball and bouncing off the ground and then hitting the ball. And shoot way, not too much stern, but almost spin. My friends used to call me Tasmanian Devil because I looked like I would corkscrew myself into the ground. As I was swinging, I would swing so far and get so overextended at the top that I'd literally just keep hitting myself in the back of the head with the club. And then I'd just come through with as much power, no control, but a lot of power. So if I got it, just having to get in the right place, it, it, it was great. But the majority of the time, it was over here and over here and up here and up there. And so learning to dial back and, and understanding, and it's each each day, each week, I, I get better understanding that technique actually helps generate power over power for the sake of power. Um, if you get the right mechanics at the right time to keep everything in sync, you'll actually probably generate more efficient power than if you just try to swing hard. Um, so what I can say is, so what I work, had worked on from that is, is slowing down, getting better impact position, getting, learning that down is up and striking the ball um, versus trying to lift it, which I think most everybody does when they first start. And then working to get rid of that and work in a drop um, because I don't have, I don't generate power because I'm, you know, six feet tall and I have a very long swing like a lot of people. So I have to be more consistent. So the draw then gives me that extra distance, that extra roll in, in the dry conditions that I need to, to be able to get in a good spot for his approach or that second, you know, shot into a power five or something like that. So that's why I continue to work. Eventually I'll start working like I am now with the upper irons and wedges, trying to fade it just a little bit to get it to spin. So there's all there's pieces in there, but the primary was getting shifting from just a completely slicing back to a draw and it's a complete different stance and mechanics and swing plane and everything else. So, do, 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 you know what's, do you know what's very evident to us when we listen to this? And obviously, you've been successful. You've done a fantastic job in seven years of like, you know, just knocking 40 shots off your score effectively. What it, it really seems, though, evidence to me that you've got a really good handle on what you found out, if that makes sense. So, you've done lots of discovery work. How did you go about that discovery work? So how did you find out that you were doing these issues? And then how did you put a plan together to help you? If that makes sense. Um, part of it comes from my personal professional background. So I run a technology company. So in dealing with clients, I have to observe, analyze, evaluate, decide, recommend, and implement. And that's the same thing when I spent 35 years officiating wrestling all the way up to um, I didn't do the Olympics. I worked there doing technologies back in 1996, but um, it's the same thing. You have to observe what did the wrestlers do, who did what, who started what, who scored what, and then make a decision and then move on. So as I look at the, you mean my golf content and, and other things online and talk with some of the other members and look at the posts, I kind of look at what are they saying? What's the perspective they're coming from? And then, how does that relate to what I'm doing and then mash that in with my coach and we break it down into two or three points generally in each, each lesson. Well, we want to, you know, we start out with just getting the right grip and the right stance and all that. And then now we're at the point 
well, the next the next lesson is working on getting the proper tool level and mechanics and and shallowing out and um, and, and driving through the, the swing plane. But you have to be aware of what you're doing or not doing correctly. And that just basically means a lot of times just break it down to small parts, just a little quarter swing, a half swing. Practice is getting to that point and then doing a slow tone. You, you have to do things in pieces, at least for me. You yeah. have to do things in pieces to understand where it might be um, broken down. The other thing, too, is I watch a lot of uh, of the LPGA golf because my numbers, my my speed, all that is, is more, and most, I think most amateurs are suited to absolutely what the LPGA plays, and they're getting better by the day. Um, and the other thing that's fits in the tech side of me, I actually have a sheet with the track by numbers for the LPGA. It says each club distance, launch angle, all that. And now that I have the, the, the flight scope and I have a, a swing caddy, I take that data from the range. So I have a baseline of whether I'm way off on a particular club or if I'm got it really dialed in and, and hitting the kind of numbers that I'm looking to or the efficiency. I've got, I've got a base comparison. So that really helps me figure out when I'm getting off. Okay. The distance is it launch angle. Is it ball speed, club speed, what might be the area I need to focus on. And that will hopefully point me back to the, the swing issue. And then, you know, like, uh, a lot of us, I go back to breaking 100, breaking 90, go through those basics. Every time there's something new that I pick up. I, I love the detail because it sounds like when you first started, obviously you were trying everything. You were super, super keen to do well. And you were trying, you were probably getting information from everyone. And going, I must try it all. But then you've obviously figured out that you've got to look a bit more at what you're doing, get the detail, get a plan together. And I just love the way that you've done that. Because it's, it, although it sounds, a plan will always sound quite detailed. But if you understand that plan, then it's actually very much second nature. And just, just moving on to, obviously, you mentioned about um, me and my golf. So you mentioned break 100, break 90. We'll get into those in a moment. But how long have you been a member of the site now? I joined in 2015. It was not long after I started taking lessons. And I was just coming across, looking at content online. And I found some of your stuff on YouTube. And and I actually go back and watch a lot of the your original content from six, seven, eight years ago, it was very straightforward. It was very basic. It didn't try to overload with a lot of things that if you're a beginner golfer, just you don't understand the concept. And it really, that's why I subscribed. And that has really helped. The entire platform has really helped me and the TCC community where I can talk. And I talk a couple of, uh, Talk with one guy down in Australia probably every other day. We, we talk back and forth about our games. It's those kind of things just really help because someone may say something in a way that, oh yeah, that's it. Or there's something just a five second, you know, uh, clip in a video. That's what I'm missing. That's what I'm missing. And that's what I really love about the entire platform. Awesome. Brilliant. It's great. It's great to hear. And it's um, you know, we thank you for all the engagement you for the listeners to this. Mike's our top engager in the facebook group which is the take charge community he's always in there helping other people out and recommending things and it's such a positive place isn't it mike to be in everyone's really oh, I, I, I love it because you have there's people in there that are 
you know, two, three, four, five handicap, which is what I want to get to. There are new members coming on online every day. There's one gentleman, um, down Australian, I think his name is Adam Hake, I think that's how you pronounce it. He's been on, started golf a little over a year ago when he's now shooting the ladies sometimes in the seventies. I mean, he's absolutely amazing. And his technique is just so simple and so smooth. It helps being six two or whatever he is to generate the power, but his technique is as good as anybody else. And he's just week after week, you listen to what he's practicing and the videos he's watching. And it's, it, I think people miss out on that you can really gain from watching the success of others. Um, it, it can give you goals and things to point to, which whether it's golf or sports or life, you, you got to have goals that exceed where you're at right now to, to stay on course and to, to have something to, to really shoot for. Love it. Love it. It's great stuff. Really, really good. Just a quick question, because I know we're going to go into sort of your goals in a moment of what's next for you, because obviously you've done great things, but you're not stopping there. You want to get to single figures in terms of that low handicap. Um, what frustrates you about golf, Mike? What do you think the hardest thing is about golf? Um, you can see the wheels going, the cogs are going now. <laughs> what would you say the hardest? I think training your body to have consistent mechanics, no matter what club you're hitting, what course you're playing, whether it's on the ring. I think that is the, for amateurs, I think that is the hardest part because the reality is you might be on the tee box and all of a sudden you remember, oh, wait a minute, you know, my, my, my kid's got soccer practice at seven. I need to hurry up and, and, and finish this round. The, the ability to block that out and just keep that focus, which is what differentiates us from the, the pros that for us, this is, hobby or an intense hobby in my case um just getting the point where you you repeat the same mechanics and when you do you get the results but being able to do that shot after shot and deal with you know, maybe poor course conditions or over here they tend to pack uh tea times really close like as much as eight minutes apart so you hit your ball you wait five six minutes and shot and then you wait 10 minutes before the next group so things like that just learning to deal and stay in the moment i think one of the videos from a few years ago was learn to focus for like five seconds at a time the the think box the hitting box and it's just a it's a four or five second little window that if you break down it becomes a little bit easier to do that if you can really dial in for that i think that's the biggest challenge at least for me is that Focus that consistency, shot after shot after shot, same routine, same mechanics. And as the game changes, so does what goes in that four to five second window as well. Yeah, I, I agree totally. I think it's, that's one of the hardest skills in golf. You know, turning concentration on, some people can do that, but then turning it off and then turning it back on again is often one of the hardest skills that you can do out there. So that's, that's cool to hear. Right, okay, so I'll tell you what. You, you mentioned your goals, and I'm sure they are lofty. Um, we asked you before the podcast if you did get a chance to have an idea of what they are. I'm sure that you knew what they were before. You didn't have to write anything down from just speaking to you in this podcast. But let's just go through a few things. What what are your goals for next season or for have you got a five-year plan? What 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 can we help you with, I suppose, is what we're saying. So the goal for 2021, I was just discussing this the other day when we were playing with some friends, is our league starts in April and I want to be down to about a nine 
they're tend to handicap by then. And by the time we finish our season at the end of August, I'd like to be down to about a five handicap. So one of the things I've struggled with over the years is a lot of over the top. So getting my swing mechanics get either too long, too high, too flat. And I've started working on, you know, things like the wall drill and stuff like that, working on getting more of what I refer to as a tour level swing. So you get to certain positions and you've got the elbow in the right place and you've got the arms here and you get the club on the right plane so that you come down. And that's actually starting to help me eliminate. I still, well, I've been working on about six, seven weeks, but I am starting to see some results there. So it's just continuing that through the entire bag from driver to wedge. Um, working on shorter half swings. I'm going to go back through the, the chipping series and the putting series again, probably after the holidays, start focusing on that. Um, and the other thing too is I'm finally now getting, this will be the first year that I'll have no equipment changes. I made a lot of equipment changes this past year going to the one length irons. Um, I've shortened my uh, driving iron, my woods, uh, the standard lofted wedge. Um, I kept a standard length, but I have uh, the four through sand wedge and the one length, um, which I'm really starting to really get the wedges dialed in. Um, so this year will be focused. No, no change. I locked my bag in for the next several months as to what I'm going to carry in there. I might change the wood out from time to time, but as far as the overall setup, a drive with one wood, a driving iron, irons, and then one in a 60 degree wedge. So I've got good gapping, um, good distance. And now it's getting all those to be on that same basic swim plane, you know, relative to that club so that I don't come over the top or I don't get early extension and things like that. So that's, that's the core goal right there. The core goal is to, yeah. So, okay. So, Changing that swing pattern. So there's there's a couple of things that we will say. Number one, obviously you need to understand if you're going to change the pattern and the direction the club is traveling in, you definitely need to eliminate any deep lying causes of that pattern. In your case, the over the top where you swing the club through too much to the left. So the first thing we will always ask is what is the club face doing? Are you aware of the club face and how that looks throughout the backswing and the downswing? Is it neutral? Uh, I try to be, I don't really have a mirror set up to look at that. And I'm, I'm going to, I've got a better set up now to start taking some more videos from doing that. But I try to, when I'm practicing, be aware. For me, I it, I focus more on, if I get to hear this position correctly, you know, with that elbow there and this out, and get getting that turn, I feel like the club face is kind of, for me, generally that helps me know that the club face is where it's at. And then if I, and then if I can just get those that lead hip moving forward just before I start the downswing, it tends to be in the right position. But I need to get more video evidence of that as we go forward. Again, I just started this like six, seven weeks ago. So I've yeah. just kind of been trying to erase that old muscle memory <laughs> and get that and at least get the, the body feeling that. And then now I need to start after the first year, start getting some videos, see where that club face is is yes. um you know too close too open too high too low um one of my tendencies is i tend to get too low with the club yeah get enough elevation yeah. in it so that it 
I get here and then it just, I guess it comes over the top. Okay. Trying to, trying to flip it. So, 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 I, so what we will do is myself and Andy, we'll go through stages and we can, we can, someone who comes over the top, we can go through the stages of why that might happen. So this will be something you can listen to this back. We'll send you an email on this anyway, but anyone listening to this, if you are swinging over the top, which is probably going to cause a slice for most people, here's the stages you need to do. Number one, you check the club face. So you make sure the club face isn't open throughout your backswing and especially obviously in the downswing. So that could be a starting with the grip or it could be even how you move the club away. You even mentioned about the club going too long. You know, that can open the club face. So we need to make sure the club face isn't open in the setup or any way through the backswing and downswing. And obviously you just need to check your basics on that. So that's the first thing, the club face. The second one, which can really influence the over the top is the pelvis pivot. So if you have any lateral motion away from the target, any sway at all, then this can definitely, this will encroach on the room that your upper body then has to swing on the way down. You'll swing around your lower body effectively and you'll come over the top. So if you have got an open club face or you have a sway in your backswing, those two things are gonna make you swing over the top. So we always say to people, you people will video themselves, they'll see the over the top motion and then they'll try and stop the over the top motion. You have to make sure that the face isn't open and then you have to make sure that the pelvis pivot is good. Okay, so that's what you can work at. And I think Andy's actually going to get a golf cup here. So we're going to somehow try and describe this in the podcast. Yeah, no, yeah we'll, we'll do this well. And I think what I love of what you're thinking about, Mike, here as well, which I think so many people could benefit from this, is for the majority of amateurs, if, if all they did was really simplify their backswing, and it sounds this is what you're trying to do, to really allow yourself a, or create a backswing that doesn't require many compensations, so you've talked about trying to shorten the swing down, getting the right elbow in a good position in order for you to then start with the hips. And correct me if I'm wrong, really get this club coming down in a nice angle as I'm demonstrating here, yeah? Hi everyone, Andy here. Just letting you know about something that we've created just for you. MeAndMyGolf.com is our membership platform that we believe is the best resource out there to improve your golf. And one of the questions that we get asked all the time is what's the difference between YouTube and the website? And the main difference being is that sometimes people can get lost in content on YouTube and not really having a clear structure or plan of where to go. So we wanted to create something that was, was really going to help golfers. We've got over a thousand uh, coaching videos on there, but our main thing or main feature on there are the coaching plans. And we've seen some amazing results from these plans. And these are basically carefully designed plans on all areas of the game so you don't have to think or worry about what to do. We tell you exactly what to practice each week and whether you're looking to break a certain score, fix a slice, improve your putting or short game, we have a plan that will suit you. We're even staggered at some of the results that golfers are getting from these as well and we even have a private Facebook group where all of our members go and share experiences and support each other. Real nice place, positive place to be. And we'd love to see you over there and have the chance to help you with your game. So make sure you head over to meandmygolf.com and check out your free trial with no obligations to join. Check it out and see if you can find a plan and become a part of this amazing community. So for the majority of amateurs, if they just worked at simplifying their backswing, potentially a little shorter, really working on the club face. And I think this is something that, again, you send some swings to us, Mike, we had gladly look at this for you, is that just seeing this leading edge somewhat matching the lead forearm here for you is going to be crucial in your swing. If we just see an element of, of opening of the club face where the toe hangs down too much, we want to see at least parallel to the forearm, 
or a little stronger because then it gives you the green light for everything else else to happen. And it sounds like you're on that track. Um, but I think that club face really needs to be to be in a in a great place to allow everything to work as well. But it does sound like you've got a good handle on the elbow position and it really does sound like you're on the right try track with that. I'd love to look at it and take a deeper look and offer our advice on that as well. Yeah. Um, but I love that you simplifying the backswing. You do that. The amount of times me and Pierce are out there on the range working at our backswing because right. we know how much it has a positive effect. Some of the best players in the world, somebody like, um, I'm just trying to think, uh, open winner Pierce last year. Open winner, what's his name? Shane Lowry. He's got a very different backswing. He has an open face, but he's just such a rare breed. They have, they have the time, the, the skill to, to be able to do it, but for the average golfer... <laughs> and the short game. And the short game, <laughs> yeah. For the average golfer, keep the backswing as simple as possible, minimize the motion, create a good pivot, and, and, and you know, we can't be, we're not going to be a million miles away, as what Pierce mentioned with those hips there. You create a good hip movement on the way back and you have a shorter golf swing. So, that, I mean, obviously, we'll check the videos on that, but does that make sense that obviously the club face is the king of the golf swing? The pelvis is really the queen of the golf swing. You know, if you get the king and the queen working for you, then you're going to be okay in most cases. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, and part of it, when we mentioned the sway, is at times, sometimes just again, being as short and squat as I am. And sometimes it slightly sways and then starts turning, but by then that that sway has gotten a little off. So focusing on on really turning the hips, I can work on some flexibility stuff just in general because I spend a lot of time behind the keyboard during the day um, working on it so that I call it that the, the lawnmower motion. Almost when you're getting ready to start a lawnmower, yeah. you you engage that right hip. Um, and, and one people I've tried to use as an example of that, not to necessarily have that exact same swing, but the, 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 the thought behind it is in the puck. It is slow. It is controlled. It is not overextended by any means. I've, I've got to take a little bit longer to get more power, but it is so fluid and so smooth that it's like, why doesn't everybody do that? Um, <laughs> to a certain extent, in, in terms of, of, just keep it simple, keep it smooth, and you're going to get decent results. If you get decent results and get in the fairway, you're going to shoot lower scores by default. So that 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 sway is again part of. Like I say, sometimes like it just slightly sways, and then it starts turning. By then, I'm already off, and so just getting full turn from the beginning is is one of the key elements as well that I'm working on in that. Love that. I love that. So yeah. So control the club face first there. Can then control the pivots. That's the next step. I think from there, really, and we'll, we'll obviously prescribe the drills, but for anyone else listening to this, the key is if you can control the backswing, control the club face, then your real job then is just to re-educate the downswing. And, and as you mentioned, doing little mini drills, things like the wall is a good one, but then hitting these little mini shots where you're trying to play little sort of one and two yard draws, but with a seven iron trying to hit them 80 yards as opposed to trying to hit 150 yards. You know, just feeling what it's like to get that path of the club more out to the right. That's the next step from there. So once you've got the club face sorted and you've got your pivot sorted, which is going to basically sort out your backswing, then you just need to educate yourself on what's it actually like to get that path shifting out to the right. But it sounds like you've got a good handle on it. And I think when you send the videos through, hopefully we can finish the deal for you. I've got one question as well then, Mike. So we talked golf swing there. 
is there anything on the golf course that you struggle with? You know, whether whether it be from routine, whether it be from mindset, you know, emotions, um, expectations. Is there anything that you struggle with that you think you could improve? Yeah, but I'm not. Uh, there is one thing I'm not really sure because it's it's physical. It's my I mentioned earlier the vision is that my perspective of how I'm lined up because of the double vision, lazy eye. I, I almost would have a blind spot if things coming at me from my right side. So when I line up, I think I'm lined up in the right place and I don't, and I'm just trying some different things on the range and on the course to better do it and take it away from my vision of picking multiple alignment points along the way. I used to do just kind of the first, find something just a couple of inches in front of me in, in line to that, but I could still go real wide. So now I'm looking at like what's the tallest point as far out as I can see, and then taking the club and physically lining it down through that and finding two or three points. So I can trust something that's physically there versus just the issues I have in my vision, which they're not going to change any. So that is starting to have some results, but my brain still doesn't fully trust it yet. So I think that's just more of continuing to practice and make that part of the pre-shot routine like we talked about earlier is do that that whole four or five seconds around the shot before and after and, and doing that consistently shot after shot after shot. Sometimes I do it and I do really well. And sometimes I kind of half do it because I see the group behind us and they're down in the T-box, their thumbs are waiting for us to hit. You you tend to, as an amateur, you tend to rush and, and things like that. So getting more consistent with that, I think will help that. And I'm going to be, you know, maybe just some, some going back to some of the other uh, videos you've had on, on alignment and checking those different points. I may just need to go back and get some refreshers on those. I think the key is with things like that, it's almost like having a line on the ball when you're putting, you know, for some people, it doesn't work that well, but for some people it works really well, but it never looks that correct to them. So sometimes you just need to push your way through that. And so spend your time focusing on knowing that when you aim your club at that point that you picked, you know, that's going to be a good spot. And then you've just got to get, you've just got to keep getting repetition in there and go through that point of it just feeling uncomfortable and almost feeling, because you'll, you'll, for sure, you'll have experiences when you aim at that point, you're aiming correctly, but then you look up at the target and go, this just feels like I'm aiming in the wrong place. So it looks weird when you're over the ball then. But as long as you right. know that you're, as long as you can guarantee that you've set up to that point correctly through practice, then you can start to trust it more and more. Yeah, that's what is, is getting my brain to trust what my pre-shot routine is, is telling me is correct. And I, I think that will get there. Um, it's going to be a big focus over the winter is really working on that. Pick those alignment points, stick to it and trust it. If I do, then the rest of the swing will start feeling it, and it'll it'll retrain the brain, retrain the the, the muscle memory. I think, and I'll, I hope I'll be in a good shape by the time I start my league in April. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I, I I have sorry, Andy. I, I have one question as well. Just based just based on the vision, how how are you with green reading and things like that? Do you find that skill okay? Actually, that's where my messed up vision comes in handy because with my double vision, I actually see more of the changes in the grain, the dark and the light. And, you know, my, my coach, one of the things we worked on with the putting 
is, you know, dark is slow, light is fast. Make sure you read it, read around the whole what what way is the the green break or what way is the, the grain breaking at the hole by reading, you know, the grass is growing away from the hole this way. So when it gets to the hole, it's gonna break that way. So putting, um, I'm very good at reading, working a little bit on, on my ball striking. Um, I tend to get two left hand control and working more on right hand. I've got to go through that that complete putting series. Um, you know, after the holidays and start dialing that a little bit more. Putting has generally been one of my strengths because I'm able to read greens, I think, a little bit better than some people. Nice. Good. I had to ask. I had to ask. Some good stuff. And I think for – I like that as well, that you've got things that you're working on on the golf course because I think a lot of people, Mike, will just go, I need to work at swing, and that's all there is to it. Um, and they think that just swing is everything. And I think for the majority of people, if they can, yes, work at their technique and – have the routines in place that when they go on the golf course, they can say, right, I'm going to work at my routine today, or I'm going to work at this element out on the golf course. Sometimes going out there and working on shortening your golf swing and trying to get a little bit more lateral weight shift doesn't necessarily work. So having some key things out there on course, like your solid practice routine and picking a spot from the tallest thing in the, in the distance and bringing it back, something like Justin Rose would do that where you see him line up the club and, closing the one eye and doing it like that. So I think a lot of people listening to this should be really aware of some of the, how important those small things are. And if they focused on those on the golf course, instead of the just golf swing, they're going to see some bigger improvements as well. Yeah. And the other thing too, that really helped and we've been talking a lot about this in TCC is course management. Mm -hmm. uh, avoid the hero shots, play, play to a distance for that next shot. So even if you even if you hit one offline, take your medicine, play out to a safe position. Um, you've had playing videos on that over the years, and get to distances, particularly as you're approaching, you know, par fives along par fours, where do you want that 60 degree wedge? Do you want that 54? Where you know you can just dial it in and you know hit that hit that pin and and save your strokes that way instead of trying to knock a three wood 230 yards and hope it rolls on and doesn't go into the bunkers or this or that play to 80 yards out take that wedge get within you know 15 feet and sink your putt do, do you know what it, it, it's really interesting this is mike because this is something that whenever we get someone who turns up for an in-person lesson who's a member of the website or whenever we speak to people through the take charge community or speak to people in the comments in the website section. It's amazing how well educated you you guys and girls really are. You know, and it's, it's great. It makes, our, it makes our life a lot easier. The questions you've asked us here, they're quite simple really for us to give, give you some solutions and when you're on the site, because you guys have done a great job of just learning. And yeah, of course, you know, hopefully we'd like to think that we've helped that, but there's other things that have made you gather that knowledge as well, but it's just the education that you've all got. It's just superb. You've done a, an awesome job with that. Well done. Oh, there, there's so many amazing and well-informed and, and just unique perspectives uh, from people on, on TCC and me and my golf in general. It's just, you, you're always learning every day. Somebody says something new, so it is very technical. One, uh, I believe it's uh, Dean Barrett. He yeah. will calculate angles off the putter face and this and that. And, and he actually gave me a tip a couple of years ago that helped me figure out the balance in my putter 
and what should be the swing plane with it. It, it made huge improvements in my distance control. Just something small like that. Um, it, it's amazing the way that members are able to break down swings and, and trust the community to give them positive feedback. It's, it's one of the best places on Facebook I've, I've been involved with. I just absolutely love it. Brilliant. Well, it's, better, it's better definitely for having you in there as well, Mike. So, Indeed. Um, you know, a big thank you for you and all your efforts in there. And uh, yeah, keep up that awesome work in there. Couldn't do it without you guys. Brilliant. Well, Mike, thanks so much for your time. Awesome. It's been, um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing your golf swing now. I want to I see that golf swing and see see the progress that we can hopefully sort of push it in the right direction and um, and keep moving it forward. So uh, any any other questions that you've got for us before we finish? No, I think that's it. Just one uh, happy holidays to everybody uh, around the world, whether it's you're 95 down in Australia and you're out on the course for Boxing Day or you're uh, in the 30s here. A lot of people are just snowed in for the next few months. You know, happy holidays. Work on what you can when you can and uh, get ready for the next season. Very, very well said. Mike, thank you so much. We'll send those videos through and we look forward to seeing them. Have a great Christmas. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it. Mike, thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you found some great value in it. And if you did, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. Also, let us know your feedback by leaving us a rating or review over on iTunes. And remember, if you want to go deeper and really improve your game, head over to meandmygolf.com and start your free trial and check out one of the many plans that are seeing incredible results. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to speaking to you next week.